0: Welcome to the latest episode of Future Ready DSM, the podcast that provides employment information for the Greater Des Moines region. Today we'll be talking with with Dan Greteman, Ruan Transportation Management System Chiefs Information Officer, recently retired. Thanks for joining us today, Dan. Um, If you could just get us started by just telling us more about yourself and and, and your role that you still uh, have at Ruan Transportation.
1: Thanks, Marvin. Well, let's start with Ruan one of the great Iowa companies, so a company that's been family-owned and in business for nearly 90 years, started, actually, the anniversary is July 4th, coming up um, about 90 years ago. John Rue on the 2nd hauled his first load of gravel and started the business, and so now we're nationwide, um, North American carrier, employed over 5,000 employees, um, 4,000-plus trucks all over the united states i like to refer to those marvin as our big red computers because they've got a lot of technology in them um but my role i was the chief information officer at ruan i am now retired we have uh we've been doing quite a bit in the space of work-based learning and i'm looking forward to having that conversation with you today
0: thank you dan for sharing and and now that we all have a better understanding of, of of what RUON has been doing and all the great things in their history as a, as, as a, being a, a great Iowa-based company. Um, let's dive into that a little bit deeper. You talked about it um, as far as work-based learning. So can you kind of give us an overview of all the work-based learning initiatives that are happening at RUON?
1: Sure. Um, RUON has actually been doing a number of things in this space. Um, we target folks anywhere from high school uh, through college. Uh, We have probably four or five major programs. Um, We have a registered apprenticeship program in the IT space. We started that back in 2017. That's probably uh, one of our um, bigger, more popular uh, efforts. We also have worked with the state of Iowa and the Work-Based Learning Clearinghouse. We've had a number of projects uh, in that clearinghouse. um, And I'm happy to say that we were selected by uh, two schools to actually um, execute our projects uh, multiple times, um, nice. and I can tell you more about that one. Uh, we've got a technician um, apprenticeship program, so these are folks diesel technicians that work on our um, big rigs, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so those those are our major initiatives. Um, mm-hmm. And then and then the other thing that we do is we do internships. So every summer we bring
0: on. Um,
1: college folks to uh have internships
0: with us okay so so Dan why did why did Ruan decide to invest so heavily into to work-based learning opportunities around the state um and just kind of build on that how many I know you kind of just talked about it but just for sure like how many overall how many apprenticeship internship program opportunities are you all providing and 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 if so you can even share um, any thoughts around how much money you all think you've all invested up to this point and number of students serve, and I can repeat that for you as we go
1: <laughs> you 're good um, so i 'll start with kind of why did we do it Um, run is very forward looking company. Um, we invest in the future um, you know a great example of that is is our uh, trucks. We spend additional money above and beyond the the trucks themselves to invest in technology and safety technology. Um, But, you know, if you think about the right thing to do, gaining access to talent early, giving folks the opportunity, I'm amazed at young folks today and how well they understand technology and the application of it. Um, We were challenged by the governor. She came forth and put forth a challenge around number of uh, interns and apprenticeships in the state of Iowa. We responded to that. Um, the Iowa Business Council came forth with a challenge, and we recognize that as important. Um, but you know fundamentally, it's it's the right thing to do. And it is in um, our best interest. I mean, gaining access to talent. And I would tell you, Marvin, the, the high school students that we're dealing with, I'm just amazed. I mean, our apprenticeship program, the folks that came through that program through Central campus, um, we worked with Waukee Apex, and Turkey Valley on our, uh, work, our work baseline clearinghouse initiatives. And, you know, I, I just really appreciate our young folks and and their potential, I guess. Nice. So in, ter- in terms of the numbers, you know, at any given time, we uh, try to have between five and 10 folks coming into our apprenticeship program. And this is the technology-based one. This is the one that um, I worked with heavily. Okay. Um, so, and then the, the goal there is to... Have them work through the program. It's generally about a three-year program. It's a um, capability-based program. Two thousand hours generally it takes to work through the apprenticeship program, but you go through and learn a bunch of different capabilities in the technology space. Um, and so, any at any given time, five to ten. Uh, we started in 2017. Um, we have had you know 50 plus. Um, Apprentices go through the program. You know, we have hired a number of them. We have um, five or six on staff now, and so they work through the three-year process, and then you know are now working for us um, in the network space, in the application development space, uh, working on our service desk. Um, so, a lot of applications within the technology space. Uh, but you know, it is playing out exactly how we were hoping to. Folks getting great um, experiences. Um, learning the business, learning technology, and then coming to work
0: for us afterwards. It's a great pipeline. No, that's awesome, Dan. That's awesome. So, you know, um, as you all were kind of setting this up and now that you've kind of, you know, had the, the programs in action, you know, what what successes have you seen from some of the high school students that you could share? And, and you know, what what are sort of some of the things you all are looking for that you feel uh, deem success uh, for the students that participate in your programs?
1: Sure. Um, When we started the program in the technology space, and and I'm just talking about the registered apprenticeship program, Mm -hmm. uh, we targeted pretty specific opportunities. And so our service desk was a really good entry point. We felt like there were really good entry points into technology. Um, As the program progressed, we learned that almost every aspect of IT, we could have these students have an opportunity to learn uh, work-based learning experiences. And so we put them in almost every aspect of IT. And so that was the thing that surprised me the most. I mean, when we started, um, you know, with any change program, having leaders comfortable with bringing in folks that, you know, one still in high school, have multiple focuses, right? They still are in high school. They need to learn. That's their priority. But then spending between 10 and 20 hours a week with us. And so having my leadership understand the potential, see the potential, and then bring them on and... I think they were pleasantly surprised with their capabilities and how quickly they came up to speed. Um, and then just the, the breadth of application. I mean, that's the thing that surprised me most because I really thought, you know, that there was kind of a single path. And, you know, we found multiple paths into technology with these folks.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So, you know, Dan, of course, we, we all like to hear about the wins and the successes, But we always know that there's a there's the other side. There's a there's another side of the story to it. Right. So so similarly, what what challenges have you encountered in hosting these various programs? Um, Are there any challenges you feel like that you've run into that are unique to the uh, high school age demographic?
1: I would say there's uh, some opportunities, but I think that uh, Central Campus and the other. um, Other uh, high schools in the area are trying to focus on it, but. You know, um, when you're dealing with folks in high school, they have multiple focuses. And I would suggest that high school and learning is their focus, their priority. Um, so it is, you know, the focus. The soft skills are, are the other thing that, you know, we've, we've seen kind of a wide range. Mm-hmm. And their soft skills are, you know, how do they team, uh, their communication skills, how do they interact with other folks? Um, motivation, etc., And so that's, that's been another one that we've kind of seen a broader range of um, folks. And so, you know, I've been pleased overall, um, but you know, when, when it's maybe one of your early or first jobs, you know, you learn accountability and you learn, you know, how to get the job done. And, and that's part of the maturing process. And, and, you know, I think we see that a little more with, with high school folks versus College or, or new hires out of
0: out of college. Some great insights there, Dan. Appreciate you uplifting that soft skills part of it. Uh, that's very key uh, to understanding how our young people really uh they need help in a lot of those spaces just to kind of make sure they can be successful moving forward. So glad you all have uh I've been able to identify and, and put some special attention to that. So thank you for that. Um, you know, as we kind of begin to shift here, our conversation uh towards the end today, um What are some recommendations, Dan, that you would would make to other employers looking to engage in similar strategies with high school students or or even college students?
1: Well, I would um, I would suggest that any employer look at this strategically. Um, It's a pipeline. So in any pipeline, you have to have a long term plan, meaning that you, you have to consistently, constantly bring in the talent. You have to have pathways through it. And so our registered apprenticeship program is really well structured. The paths, the hours, um, the capabilities that folks need to achieve, and even you know call it a grading system to recognize that they've worked through the program. And so you know the worst thing would be is to invest this in time into a program like this and then not take the time to make it successful. And so one thing I'm proud of Ruon and how we've done it is you know we're constantly bringing in new talent and we're constantly you know, continuing the pipeline. And consider, you know, the students that we've been dealing with, our ultimate goal is to give folks an alternative path. You know, so many folks today will go through high school, they go into college and then, you know, pursue their career. Our goal is to give folks from directly from high school, a a path into a career. And so we provide additional education, ongoing training, et cetera. And then obviously the work-based learning or on the job training that makes a difference. And so, you know, giving people that alternative path. And so, you know, our program, we've had, you know, folks, you know essentially leave the program shy of getting the apprenticeship certificate but it's because they went to you know Iowa State and Drake and you know other um, major universities and in in some cases had you know significant scholarships that took them immediately into their college career and then you know a different path but ultimately our desire is to have this path be available to bring in talent consistently you know over time and then hire them into our workforce. I mean, I, I'm hopeful that, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, folks that came through this program will continue to work for Ruon and, you know, build, be building their skills. Because it's it's a great company um, and, you know, it's technology is ever-changing and they give folks the opportunity to come up to speed on new tech and
0: apply it. That's right. That's amazing. And, and thank you for sharing, Dan. I, I hopefully uh, people can pick up on a lot of those nuggets you just dropped for them there on that one. Um, so we're kind of winding down here on our last couple of questions, Dan. So um, I like to always ask every guest that we have on our show um, these couple of questions here that we have for you. So the first one uh, is, uh, you know, Dan, you, you've, you've been in, in uh, this, this space for a while working, you uh, just recently retired. How, how important do you feel Uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion are right now for the future of our workforce for the region?
1: Critically important. Um, So here's here's what I would tell you. So first off, as it relates to technology, unemployment in the technology space um, prior to the pandemic was 0.4%, so less than 1%. And so just the application and the need for folks to be in this space, the other thing is, is I would tell you that any solution is improved by bringing different points of view, and so diversity, equity, inclusion bring different points of view, and so I value teams that, you know, make me think differently, that bring a, a counterpoint. Um, you always make better solutions by folks bringing in multiple points of view, you know, considering you know the pros and cons. Um, There's not always one path to a solution. And so bringing in different points of view, different experiences, um, I think always strengthens it. And so the technology side is one part of it, but the human side of it and making sure that, you know, we're well representative of kind of the, where we are, the businesses that we support, et cetera. I think that's also a key part. Thank you,
0: Dan. Appreciate that. So, you know, we're halfway through uh, 2022 and, you know, even though you you recently retired, you know, what what gets Dan fired up each day to still keep coming back to it instead of just maybe just, you know, saying I'm good. I'm, I've, I've done my time and I, I really don't have to do much else. But what gets you so excited to just keep coming back and still working at it, Dan? Oh, Marvin, I would tell you, um, so obviously people are important. And
1: so love the teams that we work with, um, love our customers. Um, So starting with Ruan, you know, we have such a vital role. I mean, we ensure that food gets to people's tables we ensure that consumer products that people want to buy are at the store you know we ensure that you know uh, milk is you know at the grocery store so there's so many key things that we do in terms of getting products to the right space our value-added warehouse and, and the processes around that you know our brokerage business um, and, and so there's there's aspects of just ensuring that uh, folks, have what they need from a business perspective. Um, but you know, the other side of it is, is the technology. The technology is ever changing, Marvin. And so if you start looking out, you know, the next five, 10 years, you start seeing all these different things coming on. I mean, all you have to do is look back, you know, 20 years ago and you know, things like, you know, your, your smartphone didn't exist. Um, the idea that you could go back 20 years and, you know, hold up, you know, this little small computer and put it in front of somebody and say it it holds every song ever created on it, they would, you know, kind of start laughing at you, but, you know, imagine what it's going to be in the next 5, 10, 20 years, I mean, um, technology is advancing at what is near an exponential rate right now. Mm-hmm. So the applications, even you know, in the last five years at Ruon, seeing us go from, you know, we always had technology in our trucks and they had safety, et cetera, and other capabilities, but you know, we can tell you exactly where a product is at any given time, whether it's you know still at our customer, it's on a truck and it's moving or it's in one of the warehouses that we manage. Um, that technology has just, you know, exploded. I mean, GPS and and just the desire for people to know where things are, mm-hmm. you know, all that capability has kind of come on very quickly. And, you know, so I'm very hopeful for the future and all the different applications that technology are, are going to enable. And, you know, I love technology. I apply it, you know, at work, I apply it at home. You know, it's just pretty cool to see how much technology can make our lives easier. And, you know, that's kind of the focus at Ruan is we want to make sure that our technology makes our lives easier for our our associates, for our drivers, and for our customers. And that's kind of... What
0: makes me uh,
1: get excited every morning.
0: <laughs> well, Dan, it still seems like you're pretty fired up and ready to go for it. Uh, definitely don't see any slowdown in you coming up anytime soon. So uh, just again, thank you, Dan, for taking the time to join us today and appreciate all the great work you all have been doing at Ruon, and, and look forward to uh, continued success in, in your endeavors. So thank you very much for joining us today.
1: Thanks, Marvin. I really appreciate it. Have all a great right. day.
0: You too. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for listening to the Future Ready DSM podcast produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. To hear from more leaders and experts on the latest trends in talent development, please visit DSMPartnership.com.